Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. A very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday already at 4 o'clock Eastern Time. And I pray you're having a blessed, happy, and holy January 7th, 2021. And um, it's almost like we're in a surreal type of... um, existence right now, right? With all that went on yesterday, all that's, you know, coming out as a result of what went on yesterday in Washington. Um, I don't know. It just is, uh, I was driving in today. I'm thinking it's, it's almost like it's, but you know, my prayer now is, is, I mean, many, many prayers, obviously, but I'm sure for the past number of months, if not year, many, many people have been listening to alternative uh, <laughs> uh, alternative programs to to Catholic radio, listening to the, the the conservative talk radio and the political you know radio, and getting all wound up in all of what was happening. And uh, now that everything seems to be more certain on the direction that our country is going to be going in, with the certification of the election of uh, uh, Joe Biden as our next president. And uh, all that's happening, I, I I really think now people need to get away from all of that, okay? You know, get away from the the conservative talk radio, the talk radio, and really encourage people to listen to Catholic radio. Because now, my brothers and sisters, you know, more than ever, really, and we've always been doing this for as long as, as I've been with you for uh, these many years— uh, to give you, as our good friend Archbishop Sheen said, to give you what you need to know. We're not here to tickle your ears and to tell you what you want to hear, but we're here to give you and tell you what you need to know to help us on this journey to Jesus, as we talked about yesterday. So I'm happy you're here now, and of course this program does re-air every uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night at 10 o'clock. We also archive all of our local domestic church media programs on our website and uh, on our YouTube channel, of course, coming live now, live video coming to you. If you'd like to watch the program, uh, we're live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media, and also live video on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash domestic church media, and live video uh, streaming right now on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. But that's my my prayer right now, is that after all is said and done, the dust is settling, the smoke is clearing, um, you're still hearing a lot of rhetoric, you know, from both sides, and I think now it's time to say, okay, I've had enough, <laughs> decisions have been made, 
people are in place and going to be put in place and and in in positions of power and authority over us in this country. But this is not our ultimate citizenship. Our ultimate citizenship is heaven. And so I'm praying now people come back and encourage people to come back. I want this to be a haven of hope for you, a beacon of light, a place where you can come and rest in the joy and knowledge that Jesus loves you. That's the bottom line. So on that note, let's begin with our prayer. And today, of course, is Thursday, so a little later on, we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, I also want to share with you a little bit of Holy Father Pope Francis's um, teaching from yesterday uh, on the Feast of the Epiphany at Mass. Uh, He had a very, very uh, powerful statement, if we do not worship God, we will worship idols. So let's hear what the Holy Father has to teach there. Um, But first we're going to pray. And I know I started the week with you on Tuesday, uh, beginning to pray the prayer consecrating our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth, a beautiful prayer that um, came to my attention when I was at Mass on the Feast of the Holy Family up at St. Magdalene's in Flemington. And the Knights of Columbus um, printed up this beautiful prayer, uh, a family consecration uh, to the Holy Family. And I've, I've actually been trying to get some multiple, you know, in bulk, copies of this prayer in bulk so I could send it to you. I want you, want you to have one if you don't already have one. But anyway, let's pray this prayer for our country. I think our country today in a special way still needs a special prayer. And, um, and then we'll just give it to the Lord after today, and then we'll go back to just consecrating our families to the Holy Family, praying that our homes become domestic churches. Uh, and let's get back to the things that are really, really important. Okay, let's do that. But let's pray this prayer for our country today and begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present this country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace, have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy, born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, We praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray the prayer that Holy Father, the prayers that Holy Father asked us to pray um, uh, 
to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And we've added to this intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Saint Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, again, as always, friends, I thank you for joining me. I thank you for praying with me, and uh, thank you for sending your prayer requests. You know, continue them uh, to send them to us. We got such beautiful uh, prayer requests throughout Advent and Christmas time. Uh, and uh, but you still do that. Send us your prayer requests because I have them all in the chapel right across the hallway here. Our beautiful little. Chapel of the Holy Family, where we have the Blessed Sacrament reserved in the tabernacle, and I take them in there, and in my uh, morning, daytime, and evening prayer, I go through these intentions and pray for you and for all of your intentions. But as I said, I think right now, we need to be unified in our faith. We need to come together as the people of God in prayer. And uh, nothing and no one is more powerful than Almighty God, and so the situation we're in right now, whatever that is, we know that God is in charge and God is in control. And now it's time for us to continue our journey to Jesus. I love that that term, and, and we read that yesterday uh, from In Conversation with God, that life is a journey toward Jesus, a journey to Jesus. And that's what, uh, you know, we need to return to right now. And the politics and all the other stuff, let's, let's get away from that now. Let's just continue on this journey to the Lord. And I'm praying and hoping that in all that we do here at Domestic Church Media, and as I said, I, I've been having something placed on my heart over the past number of months very strongly um, in a, in a, so that we can expand and reach even more people. Um, so we're praying for that and I'm praying about that. Uh, it's, it's just so important right now. People are, people are angry. People are mad. People are, uh, confused, uh, you know, and I, I, and no matter what side of the political aisle you're on, or if you're apolitical, the people still are, are just, I guess there's just an angst about every, but that's not from God, you see. All of that comes from the, from the enemy. And so we need to just get away from that, and we need to really regroup in the spirit of, of true discipleship. You know, I'll go back to that first century church, which I love to read about in the Acts of the Apostles, and see how they loved each other. And that's so important right now, even in, in our church, and especially in our church. We should not be <laughs> at each other's throats pointing fingers and accusing and, and judging in this church each other. 
I'm, I'm sure that 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 are, that makes our Lord very sad when He sees that happening. We need to be united, and even reach out to our brother and sister Christians of uh, non-Catholic denominations to come together and just lift up and build up the kingdom here on earth. That's what we need. That that is absolutely what we need. To to get away from all of the the anger and the hatred and the angst and the political divisions and even the divisions, as I said, within our church, which are, you know, there is such a thing as fraternal correction, but always in charity, always in love, always in, in, in seeing Jesus in everybody. Jesus said we need to love one another. And loving means sometimes fraternal correction. I know that. But always in charity and always in love. All right, so let's do this. Let's go to our Holy Father from yesterday. Of course, yesterday was um, traditionally January 6th, the the Feast of the Epiphany. And as I said yesterday, and as you may know, especially in, in Italy, uh, January 6th. It's actually a bigger Christmas celebration on January 6th than on the 25th of December. So yesterday was a big day in Rome, and Holy Father uh, celebrated the Solemnity of the Epiphany Mass because in that particular diocese, and I would assume all the dioceses in Italy, that although we celebrated it on Sunday, uh, the uh, the uh, church in Rome, in, in, in uh, Italy, celebrated it actually on the feast, the, the 6th of January. So Holy Father, yesterday at Mass, urged Catholics to devote more time to worshiping God. And of course, this, I mean, it doesn't get any simpler and more directed than that, does it? The Holy Father said that worshiping the Lord was not easy and required spiritual maturity He said, worshiping God is not something we do spontaneously. True, human uh, human beings have a need to worship, but we can risk missing the goal, he said. Indeed, if we do not worship God, we will worship idols. There is no middle way. It is either God or idols. And you stop to think about all the things we have in our life that we sometimes give priority to over And not intentionally, necessarily, but things become more important. I'll never forget one time many, many years ago when I first began uh, in the early days of my my spiritual journey. And I was with my spiritual director. And, you know, I'm a big big baseball fan, a big Yankees fan. And uh, whenever, more so in, in, you know, 20... 25 years ago when the Yankees and the Red Sox really had this this uh, fierce rivalry. If, you, if you're a baseball fan, if you're a Yankee fan, you know what I'm talking about. But they were like the fiercest of rivals. And there was a, a big uh, Yankees-Red Sox series coming up one weekend. And prior to that, I was at my in spiritual direction. And f- Father was giving me some suggestions and things for me. And I said, well, you know, Father, this weekend, the Yankees and the Red Sox are playing a big series. I said, I I really would like to watch all those games. (laughs) And I'll never forget, he slapped his hand down on the the desk very seriously. Jim, we're working on your personal sanctification here. (laughs) So, you know, my priority at that moment was 
looking forward to four baseball games between the Yankees and the Red Sox, and, and my spiritual director's focus was my personal sanctification. So I had to kind of reshift my priorities there. And that's what Holy Father is saying. We, you know, if we if we don't worship God, we'll find something to worship. And those some things will be idols. There's no middle way, he said. It's either God or idols. And the Holy Father uh, said, in our day, it is particularly necessary for us, both as individuals and as communities, to devote more time to worship. We need to learn even better how to contemplate the Lord. We have somewhat lost the meaning of the prayer of adoration. So we must take it up again, both in our communities and in our own spiritual life. And you know, my friends, in this part of the country, anyway, where I know we go all over the world now with all of our technology, but here in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, northeastern U.S., we're very blessed that we still have many churches, many parishes, even though some have been twinned and some sadly have been closed, we still have it a lot better than many other parts of our country where parish churches are hundreds of miles apart. You know, here on a Sunday, you know, we, we can look around and say, okay, in fact, if you have the domestic church media mobile app, which you should have, we have mass times on there. You know the website there. Mass times, you, just, you put in a zip code or a town name, and it'll give you the, ma- the local churches and parishes and masses and their times and, and times for uh, sacraments, confession, adoration, things. Uh, so we are very blessed here that we can have a choice. Now, today, maybe I'll go to the 915. No, I'll think about sleeping a little bit, and I'll go to the 1130. You know, and So we have that option. Many, many uh, places in this country, especially in the uh, upper Midwest, uh, where it's such a vast um, you know, uh, amount of sp- t- sp- uh, miles between parishes, they don't really have that option. We have it here. And we also have many opportunities for Eucharistic adoration right here within our own listening area. You know, whether it's perpetual, and there are some parishes that have perpetual adoration or other parishes that offer it on a daily basis between certain hours. Uh, other places may be offered on first Fridays or on Fridays. And we should make every effort to get there, if we can, to an adoration chapel, to adore the Lord, to worship God. And it doesn't even have to be a, a, an adoration chapel. Just go sit in front of a tabernacle. Jesus is in the tabernacle. He's there. The living God is right there for us. But Holy Father is saying we need to learn even better how to contemplate the Lord. Because we've somehow lost the meaning of the prayer of adoration, he said. So we need to take it up again, both in our communities and our own spiritual life. You know... Um, we go to adoration, you, you go sit before a tabernacle, what do you do? Just sit there and contemplate that the living God is right there before you. And I, I shared this with you uh, before Christmas. There was a time uh, about 15 years ago, 15, 16 years ago, 
when I was going to adoration regularly. I mean, I, I, and I mean, three times a day. I was, I was not working at the time, obviously. And it was Christmas time, and it was the, it was Christmas week actually. And I had gone. I was going to the adoration chapel, and it was really just placed on my heart as I, in my heart, heard the angels singing. Oh, come, let us adore him. That I was walking into this adoration chapel that it was no different than it was for the shepherds 2,000 years ago or the three wise men to go and encounter the living Jesus, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, the Savior of the world right there, present to us in the Eucharist. So when you, what do you have to say? Just go there and be with him and, and contemplate that reality that right here before me in what appears to be an ordinary uh, piece of bread, a, a sacred host, is the true body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Well, I can't see him. You don't have to see him. But you know and believe that he's there. That's the same Jesus that was adored by the shepherds and adored and worshipped by the kings. So Holy Father is saying we need to get back into this um, meaning of the prayer of adoration. He said... Um, let me go. What, 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 what? Something happened here. I hit the wrong button. Sorry. <laughs> All of a sudden, something. Oh, there it is. Okay. Something popped up and blocked my view. Um, he's, the Holy Father reflected on a few useful lessons from the Magi, the three wise men who traveled to see the newborn Jesus. So uh, we say, what do we do? How do we do this? Holy Father said the lessons could be summed up in three phrases from the readings from the Epiphany, to lift up our eyes, to set out on a journey, and to see. So the Holy Father, the first phrase, to lift up our eyes, is found in the first reading on the Feast of the Epiphany from Isaiah 60. To worship the Lord, we first have to lift up our, lift up our eyes, not to let ourselves be imprisoned by those imaginary specters that stifle hope, and not to make our problems and difficulties the center of our life. We can do that very easily right now, couldn't we, if we wanted to? He says, this does not mean denying reality or deluding ourselves into thinking that all is well. No, rather, it's a matter of viewing problems and anxieties in a new way. Knowing that the Lord is aware of our troubles, attentive to our prayers, and not indifferent to the tears we shed. Now, a lot of times in our, in our woe, <laughs> when we find ourselves crying out to the Lord, we, we, we question, don't you hear me? Don't you care? Just like the apostles, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? And Holy Father says we need to view our problems, our anxieties in a new way, knowing that the Lord is aware of our troubles. Of course he is. He is attentive to our prayers, and he's not indifferent to our tears. I remember one time I was in I was in adoration, and it was you know in this the same time that I to which I just referred, 
because it was it was the year before everything opened up for us here at Domestic Church Media. We had our first station, but at this time, I was still unsure. Nothing was happening. And I would get very frustrated. You know, I really, I felt the Lord had given me this mission and nothing seemed to be happening that I could see. And I would go before him in adoration and not have a, I wouldn't be talking out loud because there'd be other people there, but, but <laughs> with my heart, he knew what I was saying to him. And I was saying how frustrating I, I was, how frustrating it was for me, how frustrated I was becoming to the point of, of tears. And I, I felt him say back to me, every tear that is shed for the kingdom of God becomes a jewel in the crown of our glory. So we find ourselves here in our frustration and in our desire to build up the kingdom and to build up the church and maybe even in our frustration shed tears over that the lord understands he does and he's not indifferent to that pope francis said but if we turn our eyes away from god the holy father said we become overwhelmed by our problems leading to anger bewilderment anxiety and depression it then requires courage to break out of the circle of our foregone conclusions and worship god with fresh dedication pope francis said those who worship discover true joy, true joy, which, unlike worldly joy, is not based on wealth or success. And that's something we, you know, this Christmas joy that hopefully we still have. My lights are still up in my house. I'm going to turn them on again tonight. I'm going to, <laughs> I know yesterday was the epiphany. But liturgically, they say, I guess, leading up to right to the baptism of the Lord, which is this coming Sunday, it's still Christmas time. Still Christmas season. Of course, the old calendar goes to February 2nd. We want to keep this joy that we have in our heart. Remember what this past Christmas Eve, it was a stormy, stormy and windy night. Remember that? And I think I shared with you yesterday, I was I was uh, at home. Cheryl was doing all of her masses up at the parish. Uh, had a lot of different, you know, music things going on, and so she was out, she was gone for Christmas Eve, as she is every Christmas Eve, and we understand that's our vocation, you know, but I was home preparing Christmas dinner for the next day, you know, making my mom's lasagna and meatballs and sausage, but the wind was howling outside, and, you know, I put outside in, in our, and had our lights up, of course, outside, but I had Blessed Mother and St. Joseph and, and the empty crib. Uh, these uh, figures that I have out front in my house. And I don't put baby Jesus in until, you know, it's Christmas. But I uh, went and, and got our little Bombanelli, our little Christmas baby, our baby Jesus, and I was afraid to put him out into the crib Christmas Eve because I was afraid it would blow, it would blow away. Uh, it, you know, it, 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 was, it was that stormy. So I kept him inside with me. <laughs> and I remember sitting there watching. Oh, I put on maybe by 1130 at night, I put on TV. There was a Christmas concert and I, beautiful music. And I, I was holding the baby Jesus in my arms. And I thought, well, this is what it's all about. One day, our journey to the Lord. Imagine spending eternity just holding the baby Jesus in your arms. And we can do that. You know, that, that's such enormous joy. And, and we need to continue that joy, not just at Christmas time, but throughout the year. 
The Holy Father said, The joy of Christ's disciple, on the other hand, is based on the fidelity of God, whose promises never fail, whatever the crisis we may face. To discover this true joy that isn't based on the world and, and the things the world has to offer. The joy of Christ's disciple is based on the fidelity of God, Pope Francis said, whose promises never fail. The second to set out on a journey comes from the gospel, of course, from the Magi's journey to Bethlehem. Like the kings, we too must allow ourselves to learn from the journey of life, marked by the inevitable inconveniences of travel, We cannot let our weariness, our falls, and our failings discourage us. Instead, by humbly acknowledging them, we should make them opportunities to progress towards the Lord Jesus. There, too, that journey to Jesus. What a great theme that is, you know, for our life this year. Let's continue our journey to Jesus. And the Holy Father emphasized that the events of life, of our life, including our sins, could help us to experience interior growth, provided that we show contrition and repentance. We're all human. We all fall. We all fail, and we're going to. But Holy Father said we can grow from that if we show contrition and repentance to, to, to get better, to grow in faith, to grow in, in, in our uh, holiness. And he said to those who let themselves be shaped by grace usually improve with time. There's that, we talked about it yesterday, you know, uh, accepting the grace that God is offering to pour out on us to say yes to that grace. Holy Father said the third phrase highlighted was to see. Also from the gospel, from the epiphany, worshiping was an act of homage reserved for sovereigns and high dignitaries. The Magi, in fact, worshiped the one they knew was the king of the Jews, but what did they actually see? They saw a poor little child and his mother, yet these wise men from far-off lands were able to look beyond those lowly surroundings and recognize that the child had a royal presence. They were able to see beyond appearances. And he said, to worship the Lord, we need to see beyond the veil of things visible, which often prove deceptive. So there, my friends, a teaching from Holy Father Pope Francis yesterday, the Feast of the Epiphany. And we'll take a break, come back, and go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So stay right where you are. Paul II stated that, for the disciple of Christ, evangelization is a duty, an obligation of love. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church states that evangelization is necessary for salvation. So we know we're called, but how do we do it? St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. To learn more, contact us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that. 
because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. You and I must be imitators of Jesus. We are victims sometimes of circumstances, as he was here. But it was all accepted as the Father's holy will. That is holiness. So try to pray. How much time do you spend watching soap operas or television that really isn't good television? Or just kind of laying around? Say, well, I need to relax. I find prayer very relaxing. You can kick your shoes off and, and just sit there and talk to the Lord. He's your friend. You don't have to be on your dignity. You don't have to get up before four, but there's many times during the day you can pray. In your car, when you're picking up the kids, on your way to the office. Let us be Jesus-oriented. He loves you. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Have you downloaded the Domestic Church Media app for all your mobile devices? It's free and enables you to stay in touch with Domestic Church Media and all we have to offer. You can tune in to our live broadcast 24-7 as well as listen to our archives and podcasts. And you can even watch our local DCM programs live on our YouTube channel or watch the archive programs all on your phone or tablet. In addition to all things DCM, you'll also have so many other resources right at your fingertips. The free Domestic Church Media mobile app also gives you the daily mass readings, the liturgy of the hours, numerous common prayers and novenas, and daily saints of the day. And that's not all. The Domestic Church Media mobile app also includes the complete catechism of the Catholic Church, the entire Bible, as well as multiple Catholic periodicals and newspapers like the National Catholic Register, Our Sunday Visitor, and so many others. Plus, you'll have access to all our local diocesan newspapers and so much more. Go to your app store today and download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app. We know you'll love it. From Falsington to Fort Monmouth. Point Pleasant to Pennington. Seagirt to Spotswood. From Yardley to Yardville. Silverdale to Seagirt. Southampton to Seaside Heights. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back, friends, uh, Romans and countrymen. <laughs> Lend me your ear. Uh, what is it? January 7th, 2021. Well, I hope you're having a blessed day. And uh, it doesn't quite seem like January, does it? A little bit warmer than usual, which is fine by me. I was telling you, Cheryl and I were looking ahead at the... Uh, the long-range forecast and seeing that, uh, you know, it's pretty much going to be in the 40s and upper 30s over the next uh, couple of weeks with no snow in sight. So that's good news. And once you get through January, you really only have one big month left, February, March. Eh, it may snow in March, but it's that kind of snow that melts pretty fast. And then it's spring. And who knows 
what's what spring will bring. Not the way things have been going. You just can't plan. You don't know. All right. So now uh, we're going to go to the catechism in just a moment. Um, tomorrow, because first Friday, which was last Friday, was January 1st, New Year's Day. Um, and we still had our Christmas music playing and, and uh, we weren't here, obviously. We moved our first Friday schedule to tomorrow, which means that at 3 o'clock, Bishop O'Connell will be here with his brand new program, his first program of 2021. Cheryl and I will be here, as we will, uh, as we are every Friday at 4 o'clock for two hours of Friday Live. And tomorrow, two of our favorite people will be joining us, Deacon Anthony Seo and Claire Dwyer. Uh, they'll be our guests tomorrow. Some music we'll have, and I believe Jim will be here with the weather and um, uh, some talk, so join us for that. And then at 6 o'clock, Bill Maher, George Rose with Brothers in Arms, the January edition. And uh, Father Stephen DeLacy, I believe, is going to get us a, a, a vocation hour program. We'll see. <laughs> I hope. I pray. Um so that's tomorrow, and uh, uh, there also, as you probably know, have been a, a couple of other changes to our program schedule. One thing we did here at Domestic Church Media was, um, you know, back in the spring when the pandemic hit um, and the churches were closed and nobody could get to Mass, we added two Masses to our schedule. It's on every day at noon, as but we added one at 8 o'clock in the morning from EWTN and then also repeated that at 7 o'clock at night. But, of course, now churches are open. People can get to daily Mass. It's being live-streamed on multiple platforms, multiple sources there. So we felt, let's get back to a little bit of our normal programming. So uh, what we did was we added at 8 o'clock in the morning Father John Ricardo with his wonderful program, uh, Monday through Friday, 8 o'clock, and uh, so that started on Monday. And then EWTN made a big change that, over which we had no control. They have discontinued producing Morning Glory, which I know is a very popular program when it was on, but uh, the network stopped it. We had nothing to do with it. And uh, now instead they have um, on at 7 o'clock the Sunrise Morning Show. So that's that change. Now, we did get a couple of inquiries about that. But again, Morning Glory, we had no no control over. That was an EWTN decision. So, um, But anyway, Sunrise Morning Show is a great show. It's on at 7 o'clock, a similar format. Uh, and uh, uh, there might be a few other changes coming up. We'll see. Um, but as I said earlier, I'm praying that people get away now from all the other radio alternatives, the conservative talk radio, the political talk, that's over. Just just get, get and you know, I think that was also making people angry in many ways, you know, and, and uh, that, in fact, we're going to talk about that today in, in today's catechism teaching, um, the teaching from the catechism on the fifth commandment. I want to get to that. But anyway, that's, so th- those changes there were made and, uh, um, you know, hopefully, um, we don't, we, you know, it's okay with you. <laughs> uh, the fifth commandment, it is catechism day, the fifth commandment, which we know, and, and the catechism covers, covers beautifully, you know, thou shalt not kill. And it talks about doing harm, physical harm to, to other people. It talks about, of course, abortion, euthanasia, um, and, and all of that. But then there's also a section on, in the catechism, under the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill, 
on safeguarding peace. Safeguarding peace. This is the third section of the teaching on the fifth commandment. So I thought we'd do that today because people are angry. People are upset. People people are, are, are disillusioned. People are, in some cases, you know, we saw yesterday, hate. I mean, people died yesterday. So in, in paragraph 2302, our catechism teaches, by recalling the commandment, you shall not kill, our Lord asked for peace of heart and denounced murderous anger and hatred as immoral. And this is from the Catechism, paragraph 2302. Anger is a desire for revenge. To desire vengeance in order to do evil to someone who should be punished is illicit. But it is praiseworthy to impose restitution to correct vices and maintain justice. If anger reaches the point of a deliberate desire to kill or seriously wound a neighbor, it is gravely against charity. It is a mortal sin. The Lord says, everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. We all get angry, right? I mean, let's face it. There are times we all get angry. When I was young, my mother tells me I used to get red in the face and I'd get, you know, I don't get like that anymore. But she said, I really had a temper. And it takes maturity to be able to control the temper, which will affect how you express anger. Anger, the definition that the catechism gives us, is a a desire for revenge, to desire vengeance in order to do evil to someone who should be punished is illicit. But it is praiseworthy to impose restitution, to correct vices, and maintain justice. But if anger reaches the point of a deliberate desire to kill or seriously wound a neighbor... It is gravely against charity and a mortal sin. So we know that our Lord had a righteous anger. Remember the, when he uh, was in the temple and, and, and they had the money changers and people turned the, the, his father's house into a, a, a den of thieves, he said. And he was overturning the table. He had a righteous anger there. He didn't desire to hurt anybody. But he was righteously angry about a situation that needed to be corrected. (laughs) And he did. We get angry about things. But there's, you know, a, 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 a way to express the anger, a way to control the anger. Sadly and unfortunately, some people can't do that all the time. Sometimes anger gets the best of us. I don't know if you heard this morning they were talking about it on uh, on um, More to Life, uh, the Popchecks. And Dr. Popchek said he was reading something yesterday 
there was a gentleman in New York who punched a deacon. And when the police arrested him or took him into custody, and he said, I just had to hit somebody. That's how angry he was about things going on. He just had to hit somebody. You know, there's, we know there are anger management classes out there. But believe it or not, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a little secret. When I, was, <laughs> when I was in my corporate position, I was at the end of my um, time, in the past, uh, I'd say the last year and a half, I was just feeling very unnerved. I, I, I was feeling that I didn't belong there. There was something else I had to do, someplace else I had to be. And because of that, I was resenting what I had to do and my position. And it was just a, I'm sure the devil was in the mix there. I never hit anybody. I never, I never, you know, got to that point, obviously. But the, the company saw something and said, uh, you better go for anger management. <laughs> I think I threw a cup against a wall or something, a plastic cup with water in it. I was mad. They, had a, they sent me to anger management. Can you believe that? Me, mild-mannered Jim, having to go to anger management. It's a serious thing because if we let it get out of hand, it, it becomes immoral. And we sin. Paragraph 2303 in our catechism says, Deliberate hatred, deliberate hatred is contrary to charity. Hatred of the neighbor is a sin when one deliberately wishes him evil. Hatred of a neighbor is a grave sin when one deliberately desires him grave harm. You know, hate, the word hate is a very strong word. I used to say, I hate the Red Sox. <laughs> I don't know if I say that anymore. I, mean, I don't love them. But it's not the same thing. You know, you know what I, we mean by that. I don't deliberately desire harm to come to these men playing baseball. But I want you know, my team to win the way the game is played, not through violence or harm. But we use that word a lot and out of context. But there is hate in the world. We see it. I read about it. Experience it. People do, sadly and unfortunately, hate other people and desire and wish them harm. But our Lord, of course, said, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. And, of course, Jesus gave us the best example of how to love those who hate and persecute you. From the cross, when he looked down upon those who put him there and just put him through the most horrific torture possible and said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. And then in paragraph 2304, our catechism teaches respect for and development of human life requires peace. Peace is not merely the absence of war, and it's not limited to maintaining a balance of powers between adversaries. Peace cannot be attained on earth 
without safeguarding the goods of persons. Free communication among men, respect for the dignity of persons and people, and the assiduous practice of fraternity. Peace is the tranquility of order. Peace is the work of justice and the effect of charity. And that, my brothers and sisters, I think, and this is paragraph 2304 in your catechism. Write that down and read that sometime when you're just looking for something to put everything in perspective. 2304. Respect for and development of human life require peace. Peace is not merely the absence of war, and it's not limited to maintaining a balance of powers between adversaries. Peace cannot be attained on earth without safeguarding the goods of persons, free communication among men, respect for the dignity of persons and peoples, and the assiduous practice of fraternity. Peace is the tranquility of order. Peace is the work of justice and the effect of charity. And that's the problem with our world today. People are, are angry. People are hateful, vengeful. Uh, the the uh, polarization in all areas of life, not just politics. But it used to be, I, 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 maybe I'm just sugarcoating the past, I don't know, but I, I don't recall when people had differences that there would be such anger toward those who differed in opinion from you. That you become demonized if you if you don't agree with someone else's opinion about anything. And of course, the hot topic political issues, or even religious, even in our church, sadly, sometimes. It used to be that if there was a difference, and I think yesterday we saw some of this as a result of, of what was happening with people entering the Capitol building. And I think it, 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 it shook up some of the elected representatives, if not all of them, who were in the Capitol building to say, wait a minute, this is getting out of hand. We can differ in opinion. We can, we can have differing opinions. We can, we can have differing, uh, different philosophies of life. We can, we, we are, but we can't take that to the extreme of either believe what I believe or I'm going to hate you and wish you dead. But it's gotten so bad. And I think a lot of it has to do with media especially social media, uh, uh, partisan media, people's sources of information, people never before in the history of, of mankind have we had so many sources for information at our fingertips. You know, I used to wait for the newspaper to be delivered in the morning. <laughs> and there you go. That You'd read it you know, over a cup of coffee before you left for work to find out what's going on in the world. Or you turned on your local newscast. But now it's constant. Social media, at our fingertips, people constantly reading information, going to their favorite sources. What sources of information will 
uh, incite me, get me, you know, hot under the collar, make me angry. You see, I told you that we're losing our sense of humor. Uh, we're, 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 we're losing our sense of decency. We're losing our sense of fraternity. We're losing our sense of, 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 of uh, understanding. Because we're only feeding ourselves a very myopic viewpoint of whatever the issue may be. And this disrupts peace. Respect for the dignity of persons and peoples. Free communication among men. Safeguarding the goods of persons. All of these things, my brothers and sisters, that have over the past number of years, but especially in the most recent years, and I put the blame on media. And that's why I say I pray that now that our political situation seems to have uh, become more defined, um, the Electoral College has cert- been certified, uh, Joe Biden is uh, the president-elect, um, and whether you like it or not, that's the way it is, that's the way our country works, and we move on. But I'm hoping and praying now that people get away from the polarizing media that incited them over the past couple of years to um, dislike, despise, hate their opponents and those who have had opposing views. I'm praying that people come back to, to media like this where what ne- truly needs to be said and taught and talked about and disseminated is what you need to know on this journey to Jesus. To bring peace back into your heart, to your home, within your family and, and within your community and your, your workplace and your parish and your, your, your diocese. To understand that all of that that has gone on over the past couple of years and especially most recently in the past few months is now history. And I heard something again listening to uh, Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek this morning talking about no matter who the president is or no matter who the elected official is, no matter who the uh, is in charge, it's not permanent. It will one day be history. But God is never history. God is present, all present in the present moment. God is never history. So this and what we do here at, at, at this apostolate is to bring to you the true joy and message of Jesus Christ, what you need to know on this journey to Jesus. Get rid of all the obstacles. Get rid of those things that d- d- detract you and distract you. Get rid of those things that divert you into other areas. And getting back to what our Holy Father said, get, get away from those things that you find yourself worshiping, things of the world. 
and get back to true contemplation of the worship of Almighty God. Because that's where we're headed. That is our ultimate citizenship. I love this country. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. But I do know that my ultimate citizenship is heaven. It is that for which God created me and you and all men and women from Adam and Eve. We are created for God to be with him, to know him, love him, and serve him in this life so that we can be happy with him forever in the next life. And I'm praying that when you come here, (laughs) this is why you come. This is, you say, Jim, these are the things I want to hear. These are the things that give me comfort. These are the things that give me joy, knowing that all the other stuff that the world is throwing at us is that just that. It's of the world, and it's going to be uh, turned to dust one day. But we will journey to the house of our Father to be with Jesus, Mary, Joseph, all the angels and saints, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and those who have gone before us in that pure bliss that is paradise, that is heaven, that for which we were created. So I hope we begin that today and continue it throughout this year. And I thank you, my friends, for being here with me today. God bless you. Uh, Tomorrow, first Friday, uh, schedule anyway, and Bishop O'Connell will be here at 3 o'clock. Cheryl and I at 4. Bill Maher, George Rose at 6 o'clock, Brothers in Arms, and Father Steve DeLacy with the Vocation Hour right after that. So have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being here with me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. God bless you, and God love you.